0: Hello, good afternoon, and welcome to CIO Leadership Live. I'm Mary Fran Johnson, your host and a contributing columnist on CIO.com. Twice a month, we produce CIO Leadership Live with the support of CIO.com and our friends at the CIO Executive Council. We're streaming live right now to you on LinkedIn and on Twitter, and we welcome any of our viewers who are joining us live for this conversation to send in your questions. We'll be watching for those during the show and doing our best to answer them. I'm very pleased today to be joined by a very longtime friend of ours at CIO, Stuart Kippelman, who is the CIO of Parsons Corporation. Stewart joined Parsons in January of last year, where he is leading all of the IT strategy and operations work, plus the ongoing digital business transformation. His experience in global transformation, business intelligence, data mining, and cloud computing are all central to advancing the mission of Parsons and its commercial offerings to its customers. Parsons, in case you haven't heard of it, is a $4 billion Virginia-based government IT services contractor that employs about 20,000 people around the world. Its customer base is uh, adds up into the thousands, and it spans federal, regional, and local governments, as well as private industrial customers. About half of Parsons' business is devoted to managing and designing and implementing critical infrastructure, such as city rail systems, bridges, and those airport security screening systems that we all enjoy using so much when we can travel. Before Parsons, Stewart held CIO roles at Platform Specialty Products Group, and before that at Covanta Energy Corporation. And before that, he held a number of IT leadership and business roles at Johnson & Johnson. Over the years, Stewart's IT leadership has earned him and his technology teams multiple industry awards, including several of our own CIO 100 awards for innovation. He is a great believer in giving back. So he currently serves as a career mentor, both for Columbia University's Executive Master of Science in Technology Management program, and for our own CIO Executive Council, where he is a mentor in the Pathways program. And like so many of our guests here on CIO Leadership Live, Stewart is an accomplished speaker and who has spent much of his career helping companies transform their businesses with technology. He's also what I consider a deep tech CIO. He has, comes from a deep technical background, and he holds multiple patents in data mining and business intelligence. As he likes to put it, I believe if the technology doesn't exist, invent it. Welcome, Stuart. It's great to have you here today.
1: Thank you so much for the introduction. I'm, I'm thrilled to be with you today.
0: Okay. Well, it's always a pleasure talking with you too. Let's, let's dive in and talk about disruption and the COVID crisis and what kind of an impact that is having on the landscape of government service contractors and IT services providers. Uh, tell us what you're seeing out there now and what kind of an impact this is having on Parsons.
1: Uh yeah, I mean, you know, uh like everyone, uh this this thing kind of happened overnight and uh we all woke up one day and said everybody go home. Yeah. And right, that's pretty Change. much what we did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um uh and and the the impact that that has spans every just it touches every aspect of our company of, of the communities that we're in. Um, you know, we, we're very big at giving back and, um, mm-hmm. and, and veteran organizations and, and, uh, and, and, and just a, a, a social, so having a positive social impact. Right. So, yes,
2: um, yes.
1: we, we put together, um, uh, we, well, we immediately decided, Oh my God, we, uh, have, Hundreds and hundreds of people that connect uh, at night remotely, and we needed to make that uh, the entire company. Right. So, uh, so uh, you know, and we'll, we'll talk about that. But after you get past the that uh, unbelievably tactical um, response, mm-hmm. you realize that um, how you know the, our number one uh, priority is employees. Uh, right. Our number two. Uh, is making sure the communities are okay right and and then three you realize well we really have to make sure that once we know we're safe and healthy how do we keep our customers going and maintain our business right so uh, we put together like a cross-functional group of uh, we did it within a day i mean it was quite quite amazing how fast we were able to do it Mm -hmm. Uh, a cross-functional group that looked at every aspect of the company and the impact and from you know, just like everyone else, from policies and procedures to um, to k- k- how do we get it, how do we get everybody headsets to use? You know, so right.
0: And you had a yeah. lot of you had a lot of you have a lot of engineers on your staff, people that were used to working with big complex CAD CAD workstations, computer right. design. Right. And I I thought what was impressive about your story was that the Average remote access capability was maybe two to three hundred people a night, and you essentially had to take that to twenty thousand.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, Parsons is a very in-person company, uh, and and that you know now that it sounds a little uh, uh, bad today, but you know, just a few months ago it was not, and <laughs> um, so, so we were we were, we flew around a lot of places. We wanted to be with customers. I spent a lot of my time visiting, you know, we have IT staff uh, in many locations Mm -hmm. around the world and, you know, you want to go visit people and shake hands and, uh, you know, let them know how important they are and solve problems. And overnight it changes over, you you can't do that anymore. And, you know, hopefully we get back to something that's uh, more reminiscent of where we were than where we are. Um, but you realize that everything, I mean, even down to, um, uh, you know, standing desks and ergonomic chairs of, you know, people that are going to be at home all day long, right. you know, can they take a chair home? Uh, you know, you, you have some really basic logistical issues that you, you, you know, we have to deal with. And, right, um, right. And it was, you know, it was, and, and, and with, with all that going on, the IT, the world of IT doesn't change. It's just another system. It's another upgrade. We have to make sure that we're safe and protected, and we're not introducing more risk to the right. environment. Yeah. So you know, it and it becomes it just becomes much more challenging when everybody is remote.
0: Well, and I think what a lot of because uh, I have I've had a very many similar conversations with your CIO colleagues over the last few months, and I think what a lot of business leaders especially came to realize very early on that all of that digital transformation and all those upgrades and things that companies were doing that cios were spending money on over the last what three to five years that there was a huge payback essentially that the kind of things we're able to do now in 2020 were not necessarily what we could have done in 2015.
1: Oh, that's absolutely true. And and, uh, uh, last year, uh, to your point, last year, Parsons started on a digital transformation. Yeah. That we have been um, aggressively transforming our company, our business processes, our procedures. We're implementing better uh, tools. Uh, We're we're migrating, um, you know, as much as we can into cloud environments. And, And the translation of that is when things are in the cloud that means they're available everywhere Mm -hmm. and um we uh well when covid happened we had a lot of work to do obviously same as everybody else did but Mm -hmm. we were well down the path of our digital transformation starting the prior year yeah so um while we turned on a dime and reprioritized a number of projects to be able to have everyone working remotely we weren't starting from scratch. That this is your point. We weren't starting from scratch. We we weren't having to explain um, the value of remote access, right? right. You know, you, you know, why should we upgrade this thing? You know, everybody's. You know, I I can imagine a company six months ago saying, yeah, yeah, that 18-year-old uh, remote access stuff. It it works. It meets our needs. We don't have to do the upgrade. And then. Why should we fix it? Yeah, yeah, you know, eighteen years ROI, right? Let's go for nineteen. Yeah. So, so um, you know, but but you know, Parsons being a, a high tech company, mm-hmm. uh, um, that the leadership is fantastic, and, and um, th- there's no justification of what to do. It, it's it's how do we do it? You know, what's I, the right? You can't spend all the money in one year, right? I, I, mm-hmm. obviously. And what's the right priority? And let's do the right thing for our customers. And mm-hmm. uh, well. Yeah,
0: One of the points that you made, too, about um, the speed of the response and the way IT was able to adapt to this was also that it wasn't all about remote access gear, but that there was a huge amount of an integration challenge to it. Uh, talk a little bit about that.
1: Yes. Yeah, so um, it's not about remote access, right? Let, let, let's start there, right? Remote access is just one of the tools. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's kind of the first line it's um, a fence that people touch.
0: The pipe there. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. But it's not about that. Um, as a matter of fact, early on in our project, we changed the wording, you know, from work from home to work from anywhere. So we now call it work from anywhere, because mm-hmm. if you think about it, um, people may not be at home anymore. People are, you know, in the world where you can uh, truly work remote, and we're trying to get, uh, you know, um, uh, we're trying to shift our company, just like, uh, you know, we do a lot of benchmarking and talking to other companies, and everyone's doing the same thing. No Mm -hmm. one knows what the right percentage is, but we're trying to get a lot of people out of offices, you know, both for flexibility, there's a lot of benefits to it. There's Mm -hmm. the flexibility of it, there's the the, the, uh, benefit of being able to hire someone that's anywhere. So yeah. it, it opens up the hiring market for a company like ours dramatically. Mm-hmm. Obviously you, you can't eliminate everyone from an office, right? That, I think that that would be bad too, yeah. but you got to find the right balance. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, but just like everyone else, we, we, we have legacy technologies and those technologies are um, harder to access from anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, than, uh, you know, a, a SaaS-based solution that, that you might purchase today. So the integration of everything and the value, I think, you know, the real value of IT um, is not just that I can implement the technology, but that I can implement it in a way that becomes as invisible to the users as possible.
2: Mm-hmm. And,
1: and um, at Parsons, we sell a lot of technology products Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we've really spent a lot of time on making sure that IT, you know, not IT is aligned, but that's, uh, if we're not aligned, that, you know, we're all in a lot of trouble, right? So IT is very aligned with the business and what we do. And, and um, we really are just part of the business. It's not a matter of discussing alignment anymore. Yeah. But what we've done is we we've, we've we've greatly scaled up our focus on our customers and their IT departments. So Mm -hmm. we, we, and that's because if we take a piece of technology and give it to a customer, it may be a fantastic technology. What does the customer do? They turn to the IT department and say, how do we integrate this? Yeah. So you're right. You know, it, it comes, it comes around in a circle, right? So we're trying to stay as close as we can with customers related to all those integrations, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and within Parsons, as an example, um, you ha- to, back to your point, you have these brilliant engineers working on incredible projects uh, that really, really change society, right? Mm-hmm. And um, how do they, um, how do they work? Well, a lot of them took their machines home. Yeah. We actually sent these workstations home with people <clears throat> so they can, you know, do their work. But Along with their in work. a lot of cases, right. <laughs> yeah, a lot, a lot of cases, these, these CAD files are just enormous.
2: Yeah.
1: And instead of having them in the cloud, we would have them on local servers in the facilities they worked on for performance reasons. Mm-hmm. But now they're home. And even though they're in the same city, potentially, uh, they're going through many different hops to get to those files, so yeah. it 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 changes the way that we have to look at in what integrating means.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And um and, and 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 you know one of my big um, projects and focuses on is on user experience.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I try to prioritize user experience above all else, which means everything from how they work to what they do to. Uh, how many clicks does it take them to submit an expense report, you know, so.
0: To to how invisible can I make the IT?
1: ID- exactly, exactly. So, you know, it's, you know, you can't disconnect the user experience from the invisible nature of what we're trying to do. Right. And that requires uh, really uh, um, far exceeding expectations on integrations.
2: Ah,
0: okay. Well, yeah. Well, because the more invisible you can make technology delivery, the more people take it totally for granted.
1: Right. <laughs> Until and so- look, we oh. want everybody focused on our business and we want them to take it for granted.
0: Yeah well and and you mentioned tell me i mentioned in in your intro that um parson's is an it government services contractor but a whole other half of your business is involved in a lot of these big projects city rail systems and that sort of thing how how do you how do you manage those two hats as the cio uh
1: that's a daily question um that
0: the balance at all
1: yeah it is um so at its most basic level, we're probably not different than a lot of companies mm-hmm. that are in two different businesses, right? Um, you have two different businesses, and actually, it's really many different businesses, but I'm, I'm extremely generalizing to say, say two, right? One half of the company, like you said, is critical infrastructure, mm-hmm. which includes mobility, uh, meaning rail and transit, and like you said, airports. Uh, another is connected communities uh, around um, uh, transportation, mm-hmm. um, uh, tra- uh, traffic signals and roads and bridges and tunnels. And then you have um, just this industry expertise around construction and engineering and um, um, just helping companies to be successful there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the other side of the company is um, uh a federal government we we, and that business is kind of split into defense and intelligence. Mm -hmm. So we do a lot of work, a lot of amazing software, a lot of cybersecurity. Um, So we're we're really pretty high tech right Mm -hmm. now. Those two sides have the same requirements for the general stuff, email and collaboration and file sharing and pcs and screens and you know we can go on and on right so they have the very similar re- requirements the problem is the regulatory aspects of both of those requirements are quite different so uh, as you can imagine the regulatory requirements for building a bridge is very different than working on uh, a, a, a space or missile def- uh, or, or missile defense project right Yes. Uh, um, and both are just as important to all of us. And um, so we and we will never do anything that's not within their, the proper regulatory requirements. We have a lot of people that make sure we do. Mm-hmm. And um, and we're proud of that. Right. So that there's your business requirement. I, I have all this capability I need to do, but underlying two different sets of rules that we have to follow. Yes. And that creates two different um, almost two different parts of two different companies. Yeah. Um,
0: it's, it's and, much a, you know, it's not as, it's not exactly black and white, but it's definitely different sets of needs on each side.
1: Right. Right. So for example, where we have sensitive, um, information there, are they, that side of the company has to be on, it's on a different email system than the commercial side of the company. Okay. Right. So there are just physical separations that have to be in place. Um, to properly maintain what what we do Uh, and and the heart and the hard part is finding Finding what middle ground is acceptable Without Adding risk to either side, right? So what what can we work on together because we have a mission to be one one company? Well, actually we call it one Parsons. So Mm -hmm. today we do have both sides of the company helping each other um, so we want to act as one company, people-wise. Yeah, but we can't be one company you know, because of some of the uh, of the the rules that we follow.
0: Because different rules and regulations have to apply.
1: Exactly. And right.
0: Quite a staff of compliance look, people just keeping track of all of
1: that's them. right. And look, reality is to protect the the information and people in our country. Um, that's paramount. Yeah. Right? yeah. We we you know so everything else kind of comes secondary, but you know, we, we continuously search for that middle ground and figuring out really some pretty innovative ways to try to solve some of those problems.
0: Did the arrival of the pandemic cause any really notable shifts in your priorities in terms of, uh, I know CIOs always have a lineup of big business and tech initiatives they're working on. And I'm, I'm, I'm imagining for instance, that the move to more video conferencing became a Ah, uh, pretty much a number one concern. but was there anything that significantly shifted on your priority list about what what we need to work on next or concurrently?
1: well, I, I made fun of it earlier, but remote access was not really my number one priority.
0: First, <laughs> um, <laughs> sure heck is now, right?
1: <laughs> it, it sure is so, you know if if a few hundred people can't log in because the thing you know the thing crashed, I mean it would stink, but we live, right? Right. Now, if that same system fails, the whole company is out of business. So, uh, (laughs) no no pressure, (laughs) no, no, it's, you know, just another day. Yeah. Um, it it changed the way that, um, that we think as a company, um, (laughs) it it did, it it changed our priority Mm -hmm. to be, um, Focused on, so, so let me, I'll walk you through. So initially we, um, uh, we said, oh my God, everybody's going home and we, oh, you know, this is our capacity for remote access. And what are we going to do? And we put together, we, I mean, the IT team did it and, and did an incredible job. Uh, I, I, everyone who might be listening, uh, from Parsons, you know, you deserve the credit. Um, Um, uh, the leadership, uh, the, our, our leadership um, was fantastic in giving us the ability to react quickly. Mm-hmm. So no presentations, no status updates on where you are and no, just go, just yeah, do, make it happen. Right. So and I think um, and, and, you know, that, that 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 says a lot about the leadership, their trust in it. And mm-hmm. it says a lot about it's ability to deliver. Uh, and you know, that, 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 you know, mm-hmm. um, it's an incredibly great partnership that, that's, that's the most important thing. We were always on the same page yeah. and th- that, you know, after a few weeks, you know, we, we literally did six months of projects in two and a half weeks. Right. Wow. And it's and and, and how do you do that? Well, it's the ultimate agile project. We pretty much stop people from doing everything else. Yes. And it's amazing when you could put three and four times the amount of people on a project, how fast it can get done.
0: The, uh, a, a friend of mine, a CEO out in one of the Silicon Valley companies used to talk about all the wood behind one arrowhead.
1: That, that's, that's true, right? Yeah. It, it's very true. And, and um, and 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 another you know a side conversation but it's made us rethink about how do we staff work what if we did much less at a time and put a lot more people on it oh, right yeah. so so we're we're thinking of it it's not devops it's not agile it's pieces of both of it yeah and
0: and we had talked originally about uh, when we get into more about how you've got IT organized. You talked about thinking about a DevOps model for IT yeah. as a whole, not, yeah, yeah. not for the application development part of things. And,
1: and being organized like that helped us a lot. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll talk about it. But we we organized IT like a DevOps project that we we put com, we took the silos of where, where different groups did did different things, and we we consolidated them. So a manager has end-to-end accountability for what they manage. Um, And, you know, picking picking on the PC, if you adopt a model that's not good and the image on it that was built is not great, guess what? Support's going to go up and and increase. So if you're responsible for that whole thing, you're going to see the quality go up of, you know, not by anyone's fault, but just you're going to see the quality go up on the PC selection and the image building and the support. And, you know, it's kind of, you, you you own your own fate kind of deal. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, 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 and that, and being organized like that helped us to very much, re, not just re art, reprioritize, like I said, but we were, we, instead of having four people on this remote access project, we had 30. Wow. And we were able to very quickly get there. Um, right. So once you get past that, going back to your question, once you get past that, we shifted everything to now to not be remote access, but remote productivity.
0: Yes. Yes. And I know we're going to talk a lot more about Correct. that. I want to interrupt us just for a second. Yeah. Say welcome to anyone who is joining us. This is CIO Leadership Live. I'm here talking with the Parsons Corporation CIO, Stu Kippelman, and we are about to launch into our first question from the audience. Thank you. If you're listening live and would like to send in a question, please do, because Stu, well, he'll know the answer to it. I guarantee it. So here's the first, here's our first stumper, uh, Stu, it's knowing what you know now and what we've just been talking about. Do you think Parsons is more adequately prepared for the next pandemic or whatever it is that will drive work uh, back to, into the work from anywhere?
1: Uh, I can, I can honestly say no doubt we are more, we are more prepared as a corporate entity. Yes. Um, so we have, um, not just fix the technology aspects, but we have um, uh, put in place different policies and procedures.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, we have shifted around, um, you, you know, we, we hope many thousands of employees will work from home and, it, it, you know, going forward and that, that in turn changes the way that you think about this. So I, I, we are absolutely prepared tomorrow if our CEO and board had made makes the call that we're going to work remote again, mm-hmm. we go right back to the way we were, and I am confident that no um, projects would be affected. N- n- now, with that said, you can't always speak for um, our customers, but I also think that our business, the business side of our company, uh, has always been focused on the customer and is really well prepared. Mm-hmm. What we've learned, you know, is really well prepared to support the customer. And in 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 this new normal environment, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Because all their needs changed, and then we now sell products that um, help the help COVID uh, in our core areas. Yes. So, for example, you mentioned the airports. We now make a product called Detect uh, called Detectwise, that is uh, mobile apps. That mm-hmm. you 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 log into let's say you're going to a facility, not just the airport, but any any company. Let's say you're going to a facility to to visit or or you work there. you install the app on your phone, you answer some questions. It mm-hmm. gives you a QR code. you get up to a kiosk and the entryway, you scan your QR code. It checks your temperature and gives you a clear and not clear. Yes, and that's all integrated into the systems of the of the customer. And you, you'll see those kind of things everywhere. But we're we're now focused on on products that that help companies be successful in this new world. So mm-hmm. I can say honestly that not only are we prepared from the operational side, but from the management thinking and how we react to things mm-hmm. to the products that we sell. So um, it's a it's a great story. I, and that's and mm-hmm. honestly, I had many many um, great opportunities when I decided to join Parsons. And it, it continues to reinforce why I, I, I work here and, and love it that they, everyone just, they just get it. And the customers are great. And, you know, it's it's, it's a great story.
0: Well, and you had mentioned earlier, um, I think we both have a, a similar dislike of the idea that IT needs to align with business strategy. Way back when I was- You ed- always have. <laughs> way back when I was editor-in-chief at Computer World, I would give talks about it and I would call alignment the scarlet A for yeah. I- my theory being that if you weren't there at the strategy table, when everything was being figured out, you're always running to catch up and somebody's having to tell you what the business strategy is.
1: That's it. And
0: testing that concept with my CIOs. And I was like, am I just making this up or you're
1: not making it up? I, I, I still talk to people and I, uh, now and then I'll hear someone say our number one project this year is business alignment. Oh. And, you know, and it's like, so what are you doing now then?
0: You know, you just want to shake them. <laughs> stop saying that. You should uh,
1: stop anything that you're working on that the business doesn't want. You know, like
0: that's right. Well, you said that if you really give it the right attention, you can essentially get rid of alignment um, in a 24-hour period because you
1: absolutely. Can,
0: what's the business strategy? What are we? Doing?
1: And if you- I, I believe within 24 hours, uh, maybe it's 48, but 24 <laughs> to 48 hours you can literally be if you're not aligned to your business you yeah. can do yeah. it that quickly
0: and if they haven't figured that out well we'll have to just give everybody your direct number and they can.
1: I I uh, feel free I I I'd love to to take the white glove off and you know <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. Slap people around a little. Exactly. <laughs> Related to the last question, this is a very good follow-up. We always get, I'm always a little envious because my, our, our listeners who are with us live, a lot of times their questions are a little deeper than mine. So I, I admit to a little bit of envy. This is a good one. Are you having challenges staffing your security teams to support the digital transformation efforts post-COVID? And you had mentioned earlier that, you know, the whole world of hiring has opened up to you, but that's also true for almost everyone.
1: Company. Yeah. You know, look, I, I, I think mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of ways to answer this. Um, I think it's always hard to find great people. Um, I don't think COVID changed that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 in some ways, I think that um, there might be better retention now because people are leaving less. Mm-hmm. Um, just because of the world, you know, yep. it's a lot more unknown. Um, Parsons, uh, spends a lot of time recruiting. Um, I mean, not just minorities, but, but veterans. Mm-hmm. So we, we try to be as diverse of a company as, as possible. And there's always lessons to learn there as, as we've seen, uh, recently. Um, but so, so we look for talent in a lot of, um, um non-traditional ways uh you know uh and um um so to to directly answer the question i have not in my little microcosm i have not seen it more uh, harder to hire and retain um in 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 some of these technology areas uh, again i think things are working in our favor um uh, and the ability to, to be able to to have the constraints taken off to be able to hire someone that doesn't matter where they live yeah. uh, it, it is actually pretty pretty um, uh, freeing. So and, and
0: I think it's ultimately going to change the IT talent market. It in, will in mostly good ways, but you're right. Everybody's going to, everybody's in the same pool looking for the, looking to catch the same fish. Yeah.
1: You know, we, 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 uh, we're, we, you know, Parsons is in a, is in a good spot that we're grow we're growing pretty rapidly.
2: Yeah.
1: And we hire hundreds of people a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, so, so if you're looking, go to parsons.com, I guess, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, um, uh, you know, so, so, um, we're always looking for new talent and we have a a great recruiting organization, which also is learning. Um, you know, we, we all, we are all learning through this and it is a, it is a very different way to think that it doesn't matter where people live. I know some companies are successful doing it, but, but let's face it, the majority of the companies are, are don't do that.
0: Yeah. Well, so, and there, there was no impetus to do it.
1: That's right. Right. So it required a shift. Yeah, I mean, think about it. we've we've hired hundreds and hundreds of people at this point that we've never met in person. That's never been to an office.
0: You mentioned that
1: you mentioned if that. you think of it, and I guarantee most companies here have have dealt with that. Right. If you think about that six months ago, would we have ever imagined mm-hmm. that I would hire someone just off a video conference? Yeah. Um, no, you, you have to change your recruiting me- mechanisms, your benefit mechanisms. And even how we provision PCs, as basic as that, we've had to change around our entire IT provisioning process and procedures because we want people to be as productive as we can. So we shoot for next day. Yeah. Or, you know, same day same day of, of your start date to have your PC and everything working. So mm-hmm. to do that remotely, yeah, we had to change everything.
0: Yeah. Well, and we have um... – Another good question from our audience. What are the challenges you faced in maintaining a close partnership with your business stakeholders and doing it remotely? Was there anything that comes to mind for that?
1: So I, I believe um, the relationship between IT mm-hmm. and the business, and I, I'm going I'm to go into more detail, is the most important thing that we have. Um. If I miss a date on a project, if i you know mess something up which i'm I'm good at right uh, uh, it all gets solved with the relationships if you don't have a good relationship, then anything that may happen any issues that come up uh are just not going to be tolerated
0: they're amplified
1: they're amplified right so so um i i i, I don't even view it as um like I report to our our COO, and mm-hmm. so and and I'm a peer with all the business leaders. Mm-hmm. So it's not even a corporate verse other. You know, Parsons doesn't really do that, right? So, uh, nice. it, it, yeah, I mean, just we're all in it together. We're we're all the and since we sell technology, we're all the business.
2: Mm-hmm. And,
1: and th- that and and this is the first place I've experienced that um, level of of um, we're in it together, right? Yeah. Um, uh, not to say it's perfect, but, right? But but we're, no no one's perfect. <laughs> but it doesn't matter if that's the case, like a Parsons or if um, other companies where I've worked at where that's not the case.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, the relationship is the most important thing. And, and I spend a lot of time with them on trying to help. Mm-hmm. What can I do? Uh, we're on top of issues they have. We actually have for all of our business leaders. We actually have our own escalation process for when they have an issue. Mm-hmm. They can get right to one of our our top people. I don't mean for their PC, but mm-hmm. um, they, look, there's issues that that happen. You know, I, I always say it's technology and eighty percent is luck, and twenty mm-hmm. percent is we did a good job. You know, so so st- stuff. As you've lived through your career as well, right? Yeah. So, so so stuff's going to happen, and the 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 communication channel is the most important thing. So we have an escalation process just for our market leaders uh, Mm -hmm. when they are having a customer issue, or they're having, uh, uh, or or uh, you know what, a new employee's computer broke, and this this person has to submit something uh, critical. You know, we don't want them to go through the regular the, the regular, uh, uh, support process. So we have an escalation process just for them. Good. Um, and we have an IT steering committee that we meet monthly, at least we try to, um, um where, where, um, and I'm fine with it being a gripe session. Tell me about all the issues, what's going on. Yeah. So, so you know, um,
0: you can't, so, fix if you don't know it's broken,
1: <laughs> that's right. That's right. You know, my biggest frustration is, um, the, 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 employees at Parsons were really good at keeping things to themselves. Mm. When something was broken or there was an issue, people didn't complain. And I,
0: engineers, I, they were probably trying to fix it themselves.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know what happened? So I'm having an issue on my computer and who's, who do I call for help? The person sitting next to me. Yeah. Now I have two people who are not working <laughs> and they asked the third person, right? You know, you got three people not working. Mm-hmm. So we we entice people. We we've upgraded our help desk, okay. and we we we've um, we've done some incredible stuff. We we actually partner with um, with Dr. Art Langer at Columbia, and he has a great company called Workforce Opportunity Services, mm-hmm. which hires um, underserved veterans. Uh, and we our entire um, um, support desk is staffed by um, WOS and, and underserved veterans.
0: Good when you would talk about the work that you're doing with art. Yeah.
1: yeah. And that itself has raised the bar. Because uh for uh, for you you, because you know who you're calling. Mm -hmm. You know what that person has accomplished. And um it's that's been a a fantastic success as well. And um, um so it really is about all of these different um so so we we scaled up the support desk. Um, Just for that very reason, because that it's that that is a better business alignment. Mm -hmm. You can't you can't spend money in a better place than making everybody happy with the help desk. Right. Yeah, Um, it's 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 the smallest amount of investment that touches the most people.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Well, I remember I think it was probably our 2019 CIO 100 Innovation Awards. One of the big winners that year was a division of General Electric, and they had essentially consolidated and taken in-house all of their help desks around the
2: world. Right, right.
0: They saved a ton of money, but their net promoter scores, you know, their happiness scores from their users went through the roof. They went from right. a negative number to a hugely positive number.
1: And, and that's the thing with, the, with, the, with WS and the veterans, it is in-house. Yeah. Like- it's not an outsourcing arrangement. It's a based in New York, yeah, based in new york and and actually, most of our people are in dallas um, and and it is it is like it's more of a expertise sourcing and, and recruiting arrangement,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: and then it is a you know an outsourcing deal, right? So
0: right. now we've been talking a lot about all the things that you're doing through i t and I know I mentioned earlier that. Parsons has twenty thousand employees. You don't have ten thousand IT people. Talk talk about the size and scope of your IT department.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so so uh, you know, without throwing out an exact number here, you know, we we have a few hundred people in IT, Mm -hmm. um, and um, um, it's it's just hard because it varies based on projects, based on uh, we 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 have a pretty uh, a pretty good sized team in uh, in the Middle East in Dubai um that uh we 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 do a lot of work for the saudi government for construction uh and um and rail and and for um the uae so we spent you know we spent a good amount of time there doing mm-hmm. work uh and um so yeah so we don't have a large it organization uh for the size of our company at least that's my opinion uh, um and um but we are extremely focused and, and we um look and it forces us to relentlessly prioritize and there that is the key to success i uh, success for me is to have our business leaders be really upset with it because um, this is going to sound counter uh, counterintuitive here but i want everyone to be upset with it because they have so many needs that we can't get to but they know we've captured the their need and they know where it is in a priority list
0: transparency then?
1: It it is all about transparency. So I have a a fantastic team that um, does all of our business and our BI, AI, ML work. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've created hundreds of reports this year with hundreds more to go. That is, that's truly giving a different level of transparency to our business leaders to make faster and better decisions, including it. Mm-hmm. So we have uh, all IT metrics on a on a real time dashboard that everyone in the business can see, and yeah. they can click on there and they can look at everything from the help desk to our carbon footprint and recycling,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and to project lists. Uh, they can sort by themselves and see their project requests, and and it's a constant um, uh, a constant reevaluation of the priorities. Are, I, I'm always asking are we working on the right stuff yeah in the, in the right order
0: well you've mentioned productivity being um, a huge issue for you because we've a lot of CIOs that I've talked with since the crisis started you know have said that yeah productivity may be going up in IT departments everywhere but you don't want to be doing it at the cost of people's sanity you don't want it to be that they're now working 20 no. 20- a day from home. I I know that you feel very strongly about this. So let's talk about that
2: a little bit.
1: Yeah. So uh, look, I have three levers, right? I have making people work nights and weekends.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Let's call that one lever, which I I will not pull, right? Look, it's IT. There's always emergencies. So we're not talking about that, right? (laughs) Um, (laughs) There is um, the amount of time I have to do something. Mm -hmm. And then there is the quality I'm going to deliver it at. OK. Right. So quality time and work nights and weekends to get stuff to, to do more. Right. The answer is not. So when we did six months of work in, in two and a half weeks for the um, our remote access work. Right. Yeah. It, we, we did not do um, six months of work. We didn't have the same eight people or whatever that project was going to be right. do six months of work in two and a half weeks. We scale,
0: but he wasn't expected to do all their regular stuff in addition. That's
1: right. Right. Because it it doesn't work that way. People don't want to work nights and weekends
0: Mm -hmm. and the
1: quality, there's a direct correlation to quality. Yeah. So, and I'm not, I'm not willing to deliver something at, you know, at a low, at a low quality just because of the, of a crisis. Mm -hmm. Let's not blame COVID. There's going to, there's always crisis in it and there always will be. Mm -hmm. Um, And so therefore you have to have a repeatable, supportable process. But, so we didn't have people work nights and weekends. We just put a lot more people on it. So um, uh, the resource lever.
0: Yeah, there was one of the questions had, um, is talking about COVID cutbacks and staffing. You didn't have that at Parsons, but there is the question about whether this is a good time to engage contractors on new IT projects, or whether you just personally are focused on keeping projects in-house. I mean, as priorities have shifted around, are you more likely now than you were six months ago to bring in outside contractors?
1: So I'm generally not a big fan of outside contractors to Mm -hmm. do new work. Oh, okay. Right. So I, whenever, and I mean, I, I've spent my career in it and I probably had most sadly most it positions at this point from from the help desk to
0: come on, you know, up, right. really have patents in some of this stuff. So don't give me that. Okay. I, I,
1: you know, I've, I've been around the block, I guess. Yeah. And and I hated when I, Oh, I hated when managing brought in, contractors to work on the new stuff and employees worked on all the old stuff. Mm -hmm. Like to me, that, that creates a very bad organization over time. You may get the work done and you may get it out there, but over time you do not have the right organization. It's like a system in it. Yeah. 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 So, you know, we really do our best to, I've, I've always done this in my career when it was within my control to when you need to bring in a a contractor, bring them in to support the old stuff and you have your people work on the new stuff because that's your future. Yeah. Um, Because, you know, I I bring contractors in, they implement some new system and then they leave and then I can't properly support it and it gets a bad rap and you, you know, IT deployed this piece of garbage that we don't like. And, you know, there's a translation into quality when you do it that way. Okay. And now... It's not always perfect. Sometimes I might bring have to bring someone in to bring get us up to speed Mm -hmm. and to help move a project along or to meet a timeline. But Mm -hmm. I'm not bringing in an entire team to work on just the new stuff. Mm -hmm. I view it as a staff augmentation, and um, so therefore, no, we're pretty light on consulting, and we did not. um, We did not. uh, Well, I mean, we're always evaluating the organization for effectiveness, but no, we didn't. You know, let people go for COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, for the most part, Parsons was able to, to maintain that kind of thinking as well. Yeah. Um, and look, but I've been in environments where you are going to where you do let a lot of people go for different reasons, and where there's a dramatic business shift. Um, COVID is not the only reason that happens. Right. And as the CIO, you have to get relentlessly focused on what you work on and the priority. Its the mm-hmm. only two levers that you have
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, you know to to do it.
0: Well, and when we talked about this earlier too, and we' we'll, we're kind of segueing into leadership advice and that sort of thing, but it was around productivity. And you had said that the productivity is the thing with all the potential, and that you look at what you can help improve and what you deliver to customers. And everything else falls under employee productivity and what's essentially keeping people happy. And is that where your three levers come in? Avoiding yeah. work on weekends and
1: you got it. Number one is our employees above all else, yeah. and I want people to be happy and excited to come to work. Mm-hmm. And I try to create an environment. You know, we'll talk about that, but I try to create an environment that that when you get out of bed, you really want to come. You yeah. really want to come in, right? Uh, that includes how I behave as a leader as well as what we work on. yeah. Um, I, number two is customers. So what do I have to do to make our customers successful? And, and number three is our employees productivity. Yep. Now, depending on the mood, you could argue the order of those. So I didn't mean them as a priority necessarily, <laughs> right? Cause if you don't have employee productivity, you're not going to deliver for customers. So you, you could argue yeah. what the right order is.
0: How has, and I know this is not a brand new thing with you, I know in the past we've talked about productivity and where IT fits and all that and what it can be doing better and that sort of thing. But since you've come to Parsons in the last year and a half um, Well, we had talked about your ongoing digital transformation And I always think it's good to dive into that fabulous glittery buzzword and explain what it really means So in a and I know that transformations are never done that by the very nature of them You need to keep adapting and improving and changing but give us a little bit more detail about what the arc of that digital transformation is at Parsons. Where are you coming from and where are you going to?
1: Yes. So um, so Parsons um is a company with an enormous amount of data. Right? From uh you know, we have to store things forever. You you, you know, you can't build a bridge and then just you know, uh um have your document retention policies run out on it and you delete it right uh 20 years later so so we have enormous amount of data and we have a fairly dispersed um company right even though it was in facilities in the past uh we're, we're pretty spread out uh all over all over the country and um uh that that leads to um um in some ways, a lack of productivity. we're going to get back to the productivity aspect of it, right? but and when you start to really look at it, going into the future, are our data centers in the right places? are they scaled appropriately? You know, since we do a lot of work for governments, we're always going to have uh, our own data centers for for for, for regulatory reasons. And um, so um, are they scaled the right way? Do they deliver the right services? How are we thinking about the cloud? And what does the cloud even mean that, that there's, you know, another buzzword, right? So, um, and then, and then that, that can distract you because in reality, and you and I have talked about this for years, it really comes, of course, down to the data. Are we getting the right data to the right person at the right time?
0: Yeah. Stewardship of the data.
1: Yeah. You got it. Right. And you have to start there. And that's why some of my biggest investments are in our data science area and and in and in some ways, I'm having that, of course, the business drives that. And I'm having that drive the rest of i t to deliver what new capabilities and technologies that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, and just in this so so at a high level for our digital transformation is um, a, a much bigger investments in um, reporting, dashboarding, real time. A capability and mm-hmm. then aligning what we do in it with is where our business is around ai ml uh bi and then our business actually has quite a, a large iot um if you think about traffic and sensors and
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, all the stuff out there right so we have we have we stay aligned with that and then we have that drive the requirements for the rest of it um, and um uh so we are establishing new data centers. We are moving as many workloads as we can from our on-premise environments into um, ho- into a, a hosted environments. Mm-hmm. We've put policies in place around um, um, you know a, a biverse build where it, it makes you know uh, where it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and you know Parsons, being such a a brilliantly capable company, has also s- would lean in the past towards build. Which doesn't really get us to where we need to be na you know, great decisions in the past, but not great decisions today. Right. Um, so um we want to, you know, so so you have that and then um uh, you know, SaaS SAS environments where it makes sense mm-hmm. uh, really as our first priority. And then and then as as a and then we actually sell some of these services to customers as well, because we're a provider of technology. So We've created different environments. Um, for example, we have an open environment, which is where our commercial business is. We have mm-hmm. a protected environment, which is where um some sensitive data is, and then we have um a, a, a secure environment, right? For the for the most secure th- um work that we do. So um it, it you're not gonna get that kind of alignment without understanding where the data has to go, by when, who, where's it, you know. So, so we let that. That's the way I would define our digital transformation: is getting real-time data to the right person at the right time, and everything else falling behind that. On on what we have to do to to deliver that.
0: Okay, well, and um, the and you mentioned a lot of um, our favorite data acronyms these days: ML for machine learning, and of course, artificial intelligence and um, internet. Yeah, I
1: I I think of it as for twenty twenty at least. It's a really big BI,
0: business intelligence. Business
1: intelligence. It's okay. a pretty. It's a little bit smaller machine learning. Okay. It's a really small artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I. If you think about that as like a tiered, I expect over time this it's gonna, the a the a the artificial intelligence grows, the business intelligence shrinks. Yeah. Because the truth is. If you have artificial intelligence with machine learning, you need le- BI is, I've done more work to create this in these environments. I need to do less predefining. So yeah. the BI B- I- strength, yeah, the yeah. business intelligence strength.
0: BI always strikes me as a lot about the tools and the dashboards that are delivering all of the data that has maybe been yeah, yeah. systems and predictive analytics and that. Exactly.
1: I-, I think of BI as dashboards that's real-time data.
0: Yeah. Well, and are there any other emerging tech trends that you are paying special attention to? Because as I mentioned, you are a deep tech guy. And in your heart, you still like playing with technology.
1: No, not me. I'm me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um truth or know,
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: I I um I mean, generally speaking, I think 3D printing is enormous. Mm. Um uh, I'm able. To, I have a 3D printer at home, and I'm printing a camera. Right? You know, so, wow. so uh, it's pretty incredible. We do a lot of it at Parsons. We've been able to. We've been able to muster our entire company to print uh, many thousands, tens of thousands of PPE masks. Um, I'm sure many companies have done this, but I see 3D printing moving to a point where I can I can print devices and not not just a uh, an object.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: so I think and of course, you know, coming, spending 16 years in, in the medical field. Um, I, I, um, I I know that we're going to get to 3D printed um, um, body parts. Right. So yeah. uh, or organs and stuff like that. So um, I'm, I'm excited about that. I think blockchain um, and may, maybe not in its current form, but mm-hmm. the ability to have a distributed. Uh, a truly distributed trusted source of data um, will drive things going forward in the future.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And then I think, you know, I think we've only begun to touch AI um, and uh, and even IOT. Um, um, I yet can't throw my shirt into the, 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 the washer and have it tell the washer how to set it and how to clean it. I know there's, Mm -hmm. it can be done, but it's not a, a normal thing that we can buy. Right. So right. I, I, definitely see that happening and, um, on Parsons, we spent a lot of time on, on IOT as well. That's internet of things for those that may not realize. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, um, I think that's only just begun too. um, you know, the, the gas pump, knowing what kind of car you have and, and um, right. right. you know, I, I think that's going to explode, uh, much further. And, and look, there's a single message here for IT, which is integrations.
0: There you go. We're back to that. I know. I was surprised when you and I were talking about all of
1: your-, your Full f- circle.
0: About technology and full circle. Full and circle.
1: When- I, can, I can put in any number of systems that I want that do great things. If none of them talk to each other in, an, in a way that can be supported, it's not going to matter
0: well that way we maybe over the years we've all been debating what CIO stands for uh, chief information officer influence officer um, I've had some I know some CIOs who are chief information and integration officers for that reason right. and uh, the very famous and well-regarded Charlie Feld of the Feld Institute, and uh, probably one of the most famous CIOs we ever talked with at Computer World, has always been on that chief integration officer band. Yeah,
1: yeah. And uh, then, of course, we have the career is over. Um.
0: I hate that one. I never bring that one up. On <laughs> you for bringing that up. <laughs> yeah, it's like the Scarlet A for alignment. You know. <laughs> The only people that say that anymore are either analysts that are trying to sell you a report or their chief marketing officers who didn't get along with their CIO. Yeah,
1: that, that's exactly right. That's exactly right.
0: I mean, you're living proof of how much success you can have.
1: Well, you know, I, I do agree with you that the chief integration officer is probably mm-hmm. the most apropos these days.
0: Well, and I used to talk a lot about, you know, I described the way CIOs know so much about everything that's happening in the company. And we used to talk about the helicopter view of IT and all the other, all the rest of the business. But I've abandoned that now because that implies floating above it all. Like IT is off up in their helicopter while the rest of the business is doing stuff. The one I like now is IT as a central nervous system. Yeah. And- Think you know, and of course, with your medical CIO background, you know that would that would fit right in. But I think that's the and one. look,
1: we, you know, we all have a unique, um, a, a unique view of the company. We touch every aspect of it, and it's really a shame that if ID departments don't take advantage of that.
0: Yes, well, and as we're wrapping up here in our last minute, I know I I asked you to think about this in advance, and I want you to give a piece of advice or two about either to your colleagues as CIOs as they're dealing with this existential new abnormal that we're all living through now or as people that are aspiring to be CIOs what are some of the what are some of Stuart Kippelman's great pieces of advice for us to sign off with
1: well look you know aspiring uh, people aspiring to be CIO my best advice is to get as many different varied experiences as you can mm-hmm. don't stay siloed in one area I grew up in the infrastructure side uh, and it took me too long to move into the application development space. I would have liked to have done that earlier in my career. Um, so um, you know, don't, don't don't get fixated on, on one job. Try to think about it, think about your IT career as the the um, as I'm gonna try out many different things throughout throughout the time and you should push yourself to do that. Yeah. Um, the CIOs that are going through this and living in this world, uh, I, I I think that to think that this is a one time event is mm-hmm. is a is a false direction. I think we all have now. Maybe it's not a pandemic. Maybe it's something else. But mm-hmm. we live in a little bit of a crazy world. Mm-hmm. Um, and look, I remember. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people will laugh when I say this. I remember people saying hey, this whole virtualized servers and data centers is the biggest change we'll ever see. We're Good. going from physical servers to virtual servers and the performance can't be there. You know, So there's always going to be some transformation in IT. That's the nature of what we do. Yeah. And the most successful CIOs will build to an environment that can change, not to just solve the current crisis.
0: Excellent. Very good advice. Thank you so much for joining me today, Stuart. It Thank was, you for
1: having me on. I appreciate it. It was always uh, a pleasure.
0: For talking with you, as it always is. Always. Okay. If you joined us late, this is CIO Leadership Live. Do not despair. You can watch the full episode, my entire interview with Stuart. We'll have it posted later on today on CIO.com. And it will also be showing up at, on our YouTube channel, which is called IDG Tech Talk and I highly recommend that you sign up for that as well. You can also catch us as an audio podcast. Uh, All of our CIO leadership live interviews are on podcast players. Whatever player you use, we have parked ourselves on there. So by all means, download us and listen to us. I was going to say listen to us on the commute, but our commutes tend to be a little shorter these days. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us. I hope you enjoyed my conversation today with Stuart Kippelman. He is the CIO of Parsons Corporation, and I hope you will join me for my next Leadership Live show, which will be on Wednesday, July 22nd at noon Eastern. And I'll be joined by Darren Ash, who is the Assistant CIO of the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Thanks so much for tuning in today.
2: Stay safe and stay well, and we'll see you here next time. Thank you. This podcast is produced by IDG Communications Incorporated.